0: Welcome to the podcast of Selmore Baptist Church in Ozark, Missouri. To learn more about our church, please visit selmorebaptist.com. And now, here's the sermon. Thank you, Brandon. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of 2 Timothy. And we are going to be in chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And then here in a few moments, we'll look at the passage in chapter 3 as well. But we're going to start with chapter 1, verses 3. 3 through 7. And as you turn there, let me just say Happy Mother's Day to all you moms, to all you grandmas, to all you Christian ladies in this church that are also mothers and grandmothers in the faith. We are so thankful for you and for all that you do for us. While you also turn in your text, I want to give you just a couple of updates on some things. First of all, as many of you know, Jim Flora went to be with the Lord this weekend. He was our missionary that we partnered with in Lesotho, very special man in my life, as many of you know, and I know that many of you got to know him as well. He preached here on multiple occasions, and so be praying for his family. I would also ask you to be praying for Cheryl Gray. Um, two or three weeks ago, I stood here and said that Cheryl was close to going home to be with the Lord, and you know, she's tough, and she's still with us, but she is close. She is close, and so just remember her in your prayers as well as her family. A little bit of good news as well um, We did hear from our church plant in Omaha, Nebraska. Heard a little update recently that they baptized some people this spring, have restarted their Sunday school classes, and they're getting ready to have a vacation Bible school this summer. That some folks from our church and some others from Tri-County Association are going to go up and help them with, and so good things are happening at Camino a la Cruz, the Way of the Cross, and continue to pray for Pastor Angel and Rachel and that church as they continue to grow, and God uses them to reach their community there in Omaha, Nebraska. Well, we are going to take a break from our current sermon series. As you may have noticed, the text I announced is not the text on your bulletin. I called an audible yesterday yesterday. And decided to do a little bit different passage this morning. So we're going to look at a passage this morning that is pertinent to Mother's Day. And specifically, we're going to look at the story of two godly women named Lois and Eunice. Now, the scriptures don't tell us a lot about these ladies. But from what it does say, we can infer some very important principles regarding what a godly mother and grandmother do. How they pass their faith on to their kids and grandkids. The title of today's sermon is a mother's faith. Although we might also call it a a grandmother's faith. Now Lois and Eunice are the grandmother and mother respectively of a very important man in the New Testament whose name is Timothy. Timothy is best known to us as a young man that became an apprentice of the Apostle Paul, a companion on his missionary journeys, and who later became the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Acts 16 tells us that Timothy's mother, Eunice, was a believing Jew. She was a Christian. It also tells us that Timothy's father was a Greek, and the text does not volunteer that he was a Christian. So it's very likely that Timothy's father was not a believer in Jesus. And to take it a step further, many commentators believe from hints in the text that Timothy's father had very likely passed away and was no longer in the picture at all. If that's true, what we have in Timothy is a young man being raised by a believing mother and a believing grandmother. This may also explain why Paul took such an interest in this young man and often referred to Timothy as his son in the faith. As we look at the story of Lois and Eunice today and the wonderful job that they did of raising this man of God, Timothy, I do want to make one important clarification before we get into the text. And that is, as we talk about the role of mothers and grandmothers that they play in raising godly children and grandchildren, it is not my intent to exclude fathers and grandfathers, right? In fact, uh, Scripture teaches us in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 that it is the father as the spiritual leader of the home who is ultimately accountable to God for the spiritual education that his children receive. So men, the point is you don't get a free pass today. Uh, you don't get to sit back and say, yeah, you ladies need to raise these kids right and teach them to know the Lord. Everything we say to the ladies today applies first and foremost to you. So just remember that. At the same time, we must acknowledge that mothers and grandmothers play a vital role in the spiritual formation of their children and grandchildren. And let me say this as well, and I alluded to it a while ago, but you don't have to be related by blood to someone to be their mother in the faith or their grandmother in the faith. And we have many such women in our church who fill those roles as well. And we are very thankful for you. So let's begin to work our way through the text and we'll learn from these two godly women, Lois and Eunice, about a mother's faith. And as we go along, there are four characteristics of a mother's faith that we will highlight in this passage. And we'll move quickly this morning, so listen carefully. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, and here is what he says. Look with me, if you would, at chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance The genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. And we'll pause there. The first characteristic of a mother's faith that we see in this text is that it must be genuine. Paul writes to Timothy that he remembers the genuine faith that is in him, which first dwelt in who? His mother and grandmother. The word genuine in verse 5 can also be translated as unfeigned. The word means sincere. It means without hypocrisy. Mothers, why is it important that your faith is sincere, that it is without hypocrisy, that it is genuine? Well, because children are very discerning. They see right through us when we are merely playing church. One could make the case, this may be a controversial statement, but one could make the case that in the long run, it would be better for a child to grow up in a home that is openly hostile to Christianity than to grow up in a home where mom and dad are just going through the motions of religion and living a life of hypocrisy. At least in a home that's hostile to Christianity, there's no confusion as to where mom and dad stand. Sadly, we have many homes where children are being taught, not necessarily through their parents' words, but more so through their example, that Christianity consists of attending church and that's it. And when church lets out on Sunday, you go home and you don't mention God again or ponder the things of God or discuss the things of God or open his word until you go back to church the next time, whenever that happens to be. Mothers, if the goal is to raise godly children, playing church is not going to cut it. We need you to have a genuine faith like Lois and Eunice. Your kids need to see you reading your Bible at home. They need to see you give your time and resources to serve God. They need to hear you pray, not just grace over dinner, but really pray. President Lincoln once said, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all of my life. It's this kind of genuine faith that will take root in our children's hearts and make a difference in their lives. And just as Lois passed down her faith to Eunice and Eunice passed down her faith to Timothy, the goal should be that we have generations of genuine faith within a given family. Now, Rachel and I are very blessed with godly parents and grandparents, and from time to time, we tell our kids, you need to understand who you are, and you need to understand where you come from. You come from people who love Jesus, and you come from people who love his church, and that's your heritage, and we are passing to you what we have received from them, and one day, you must pass it to your kids. And some of you think, well, I don't have that heritage. I never have. Well, it's got to start somewhere right? Let it start with you. You live out a genuine faith in Jesus, and then you pass that on to your children and grandchildren. Mothers, we need you. We need you to model a genuine faith and to pass that faith down. Now, look with me, if you would, at verse 6. The next thing Paul says, he says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. The second characteristic of a mother's faith is that it must cultivate spiritual gifts in her children. Now, therefore can be an important word when we're doing Bible study, right? And we see that word at the beginning of verse six. By using the word therefore in this verse, Paul directly connects Timothy's spiritual gift, which he talks about in verse six, to the faith instilled in him By his mother and grandmother in verse 5. In other words, the faith that these ladies modeled for Timothy became the soil from which his own faith grew and his own spiritual gifts blossomed. Now, I'm not to this season of life quite yet, it's getting closer by the day, but I imagine that it must be a very sweet thing indeed to teach your children to love and serve Jesus and then see them grow into adults who use their spiritual gifts to serve the Lord. The Apostle John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. Lois and Eunice instilled in Timothy a genuine faith. And because of that, the Holy Spirit then imparted to Timothy a spiritual gift. In Timothy's case, we know that gift. At least one of his gifts was the gift of pastor-teacher and it doesn't identify that in this verse but we know from elsewhere in scripture that that was Timothy's gift a gift that Paul encouraged him to use in verse 6 a gift that Paul formally recognized in Timothy it says through the laying on of hands or what we what we might call today ordination when god gives us a spiritual gift he expects us to use that gift for the good of his people it's not for us to keep to ourselves But the point I want to make, mothers, is that as you teach your children to love Jesus, as you read them those Bible stories, as you pray with them at bedtime, as you model for them a genuine living faith, you never know what God's going to do with that. Lois and Eunice probably never thought in a million years that the greatest apostle in the history of Christianity would come through their town And would choose their son, their grandson, to be his apprentice. Likewise, you mothers may be reading Bible stories to a future Sunday school teacher. When you share Jesus with someone, you may be modeling evangelism to a future missionary. When you take your son by the hand and say, let's pray, you may be teaching a future pastor how to intercede for his flock. You just never know. Are just as valuable, you might be raising a schoolteacher or a nurse or a farmer or a mechanic or an accountant who's going to do great things for the kingdom of God through their quote-unquote secular vocation. Now, we know as Christians, there's really no such thing as a secular vocation, is there? Because whatever we do in this world, we're to do it for the glory of God. Mothers, when you model a genuine faith for your children, God will use that to cultivate spiritual gifts In their life. Look at verse 7. Oh, what a great verse. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The third characteristic of a mother's faith is that it instills godly boldness in her children. In verse 7, Paul reminds Timothy that a spirit of fear does not come from the Lord. And this leads us to believe that perhaps Timothy was not being as bold in the faith as he should have been. Perhaps he was shying away from God's calling on his life because he was timid by nature. But Paul will have none of that. And this is what he tells Timothy. This is the sequence that he lays out for him in verses 5 through 7. Here's the sequence, okay? It starts with this, I know you have a genuine faith because your mother and grandmother taught you. Because of the faith that they passed down to you, God has given you a spiritual gift to use for him. And where God gifts us, he grants us the boldness and the power to use that gift for his glory. But again, where does that whole sequence start? It starts back with the genuine faith imparted to Timothy from his mother and from his grandmother. All Christian parents and grandparents want our children and our grandchildren to go out into the world and make an impact for the glory of God. We want them to be brave, don't we? We want them to be bold. I heard a guy say one time, I used to tell my kids every time they left the house, be safe, be safe. And I've caught myself doing that as well because I'm kind of conservative and safe by nature. So everything's be safe. But he said, at some point I realized maybe I should be telling them, have fun. (laughs) Go enjoy life, have a good time, rejoice in your youth. Now, of course we want our kids to be safe, but we also want to instill in them a spirit of a lion, right? To be bold and to be brave and to be courageous. And if that's true, the best thing that we can do to them is to pass down to them a genuine faith. A faith that demonstrates reliance on God. A faith that demonstrates trust in God. A faith that says, child, grandchild, we are God's people. We will not be afraid. We will not be dismayed for the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. And mothers and grandmothers, if you will model that kind of faith, then you will instill, instill a godly boldness in your children and grandchildren, a boldness that will follow them through life. A boldness described by Paul in verse 7 as power and love and a sound mind. So, thus far, we've looked at three characteristics of a mother's faith. And for the last characteristic, I want us to turn over to chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, beginning with verse 13. Chapter 3 and verse 13. In this set of verses, Lois and Eunice are not mentioned by name, but they're alluded to. And in this set of verses, we see perhaps the single most important characteristic of a mother's faith. So let's read these verses and we'll identify that characteristic and then we'll discuss the benefits thereof. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 13 through 15. Paul says this, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. The fourth and final characteristic of a mother's faith that we see in these verses is that she teaches her children the holy scriptures. Now, first in verse 14, Paul reminds Timothy, you know from whom you have learned the things of God. Well, who's he talking about there? He's talking about his grandmother and mother. He's talking about Lois and Eunice. How many of us Christians can still hear the voices and see the faces of those who first told us about Jesus, who took an interest in us, who discipled us. For many of us, that was our parents. I can certainly remember my parents teaching me about Jesus. You know who else I can remember? The faces of Sunday school teachers at Plato Baptist Church, most of whom were women, by the way, who taught me, About Jesus. I still can see their faces. I still know their names. For Timothy, those faces, those people were his grandmother and his mother. I pray that the Lord would raise up mothers and grandmothers all across this room who would play that same role in their children and their grandchildren's lives. But continuing on in verse 15, Paul says that from childhood, Timothy was taught the Holy Scriptures. The word childhood in verse 15 literally means from infancy. Sometimes we think that children have to be school age or older before scripture can sink in. That's simply not true. The Holy Spirit can open the heart of even a young child and enable them to comprehend and understand what the scriptures are saying. Mothers and grandmothers, your children, your grandchildren are never too young to get them started on the word of God. Now, I'm not saying that you need to read the book of Leviticus word for word to a three-year-old. But I'll tell you this, it'll be better than nothing at all. But it might be a little smarter to start with a New Testament story. Or one of those great Old Testament stories. But the point is, get them started on the milk of God's word. It will make a difference in their life. Both now and down the road. How will it make a difference? Specifically There's two ways mentioned in the text. Number one, it will safeguard them from deception. We see that in verse 13. Paul tells Timothy that evil men and imposters, as we get closer to the end, will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But the safeguard against that is simply for Timothy to continue in the things taught to him by his mother and grandmother. I heard an old preacher say one time, you know, sometimes people. he said, people will come to me and they'll say, we need to learn about this cult or that cult so that we know what they believe, so that we know how to fight that. And, and there can be some value in that. But he would always say, when they teach someone to identify a counterfeit bill, they don't teach them by having them look at a counterfeit. They teach them by having them examine the real thing until they're so familiar with it that if anyone tries to pass anything, they recognize it immediately. And the same is true to a large extent with Doctrine. We can't possibly prepare our children and grandchildren for every specific lie of the devil that they're going to be confronted with in their lifetime. But one thing we can do is so immerse them in the truth of God's word that they recognize a fraud when they see one. And they say in their own heart, I don't quite know what's wrong with that, but something's wrong with that. Mothers and grandmothers, if you will ground Your children and grandchildren in the word of God from a young age, you can prevent them from a lot of pain and heartache. You can prevent them from being led astray by false teachers and false churches and false religions later in life. But it all starts simply by teaching them the holy scriptures. The second benefit of mothers and grandmothers teaching their children and grandchildren the scriptures is that it makes them wise for salvation, the text says. Remember, we've said this many times, but salvation in a person's heart happens at the intersection of the word of God and the spirit of God. Romans 10 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In order for anyone to be saved, they must hear the word of God. And then the spirit of God will draw them through the reading and teaching of the word. Thus, it's very simple. If we want our children and our grandchildren to be saved, we must expose them to the word of God. There is no other way. As their little ears hear the word of God, as it sinks deep into their hearts, it will make them wise unto salvation. And Lord willing in God's perfect time and by his grace, we will see our children and grandchildren profess faith in Jesus Christ and come into the kingdom. Mothers and grandmothers, you want to hear something awesome? God wants to use you to bring about the salvation of your children and grandchildren. He used Lois and Eunice in Timothy's life, and he can use you as well. Ladies, I challenge you. I plead with you. Teach your children and grandchildren the scriptures. Now, as we bring this message to a close, I can't help but wonder where our families would be, where our churches would be without godly mothers and without godly grandmothers. Can you imagine what a mess we would make out of it if it was just us men? Boy, that that would be a mess. That would be ugly. All across this room are Lois's and Eunice's who have raised your sons and daughters, your grandsons and granddaughters to love and to fear and to serve the Lord. And sisters, we are grateful for you. We honor you today. And again, not all of you have a blood-related child or grandchild, but you too play a vital role. You're a mother or a grandmother in the faith and we honor you as well. Young sisters, look to these godly women who have raised their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Follow their example. Seek out their help. Seek out their guidance. They are a gift to you, and they are a gift to the church. And to all of our mothers, both by blood and by faith, we are thankful for you. Now, in response to the message, what Has God said to you today, how would he have you to apply this message to your life? How would he have you to respond to what you've heard today? One thing that I know is true for any message like this. And you guys have heard me say this many times. We can't do anything in our own strength. And listen to me when I say this. If we walk away from this message today saying, I've got to do better I've got to try harder. No, no, that's not it. You'll fail every time. You can't do this in your own strength. The goal is not to try harder. The goal is to walk more closely with God and allow his Holy Spirit to fill us and empower us to be the mothers and the fathers that he has created us to be. Do you want to be a godly mother? Is that your heart this morning? Do you want to be a godly grandmother? Then spend time in the word. (laughs) Spend time with God. Spend time in prayer. Be faithful to the church. Seek God. Put him first and he will empower you to be the mother and grandmother that he's called you to be. And finally, to all of this this morning, I just have to say this. The very first step in following God The very first step to being the godly mother or grandmother or father or grandfather that he's called us to be is to make sure that our faith is in Jesus Christ. Because if we haven't put our faith in him, all the rest of this is moot. The Bible says that if we will admit to God that we're a sinner and that we need a savior, and if we will believe with all of our heart that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin in our place and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and then finally, truly and genuinely commit our life to him, to follow him, to be his disciple, that he will save us and that he will give us eternal life and that he will fill us with his Holy Spirit and his spirit will empower us to be the person God has called us to be. If you're ready to put your faith in Jesus, if you're ready to make any other public decision this morning, baptism, church membership, questions about those things or just want to come and pray, We're going to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to ask Brandon, if he would, to return to the platform at this time. And I'm going to ask all of us to stand at this time. And we're going to have a song of response this morning. And if you need to respond to anything that you have heard in today's sermon, the Lord has put anything on your heart, then you be obedient to that and you come. Let me lead us in a quick word of prayer. And then we'll have our song of response. Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for your word, which is precious and perfect and true. Fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, that we might be the father, the mother, the grandfather, the grandmother, the follower, the disciple that you've called us to be. We love you, Lord. I commit this time to you. Have your way and your will in the hearts of each person here. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.